Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the comic book and graphic podcast for all kinds of readers. And just to be clear, by graphic, I mean graphic novel, not graphic as in like excessive violence, swearing, nudity, drug use, or other adult situations. This week I have with me the wielder of Stormbreaker, Beta Ray James. Hello. And we also have the only villain to give Jason Statham, Jason Statham a run for his money, Megalodon. <laughs> hey. Did y'all see that movie? It was a good movie. I did not. Megalodon? What? Yeah, the Meg. Everyone after that movie came out started calling me the Meg. Like, I have a friend group where did. my name is still the Meg. In that, well, uh, if you didn't chat. swallow people in large fish whole, then we they wouldn't call you that. Well, and my name, okay, so if my the shoe name, fits. My maiden name is also Trout, so like it only made it that much worse. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it was a thing for a while. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Her maiden name was Trout. You are one step closer to stealing her identity. <laughs> <laughs> So I am going to start off with, while we usually aim to do non-superhero and non-Big 2 news, it's pretty uneventful week besides the exciting free comic book day, which we discussed last week. But this week we had three things that excited all of us pop up, and they actually are all related to DC Comics. The first thing being Robin and Batman is a new prestige format book coming out from DC made by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn, which is really, really exciting because the idea they're exploring with a book called Robin and Batman is something I feel like I haven't seen a lot of. And that is the early days of Dick Grayson as Robin. And, you know, I feel like most of the young Robin stuff you find you've got for Dick Grayson, you've really got to go back and read some really campy books and stories. And there are a few here and there that aren't as campy, but even into the more uh, mature new Teen Titans, Dick Grayson is still wearing those short shorts Um, and looks kind of silly in his Robin outfit. Um, If you haven't seen any of Dustin Wynn's work, you need to know that he's done a lot of great work for lots of Batman titles, such as Batwing and for American Vampire. His art Almost has this very detailed, dreamlike quality to it. It's very cool looking. Um, I'm really excited about this team up, especially because these two teamed up for the image book Descender, I believe. Yes, they did. So if you've read Descender and you like the combination of this author and this, this artist, this is definitely a book that I think you should check out. And it's coming out through the in the prestige format through their black label. Black Label, I know, originally started off as kind of a mature imprint, and I think in some ways it still is, but it's been a great place for DC to release some incredible stories in a higher quality format. And by higher quality, I know you've heard us talk about Bad Idea and that the paper and the covers that are made on their books are higher quality cardstock than what you get out of a regular issue. And that's what the prestige format for the books at DCR. They're taller and wider, almost square shape than your regular comics. And their covers are made with a tougher cardstock. So I'm really excited about that book. And I'm really excited about DC Black's use of the prestige format, because I don't know who, if any of y'all have read the other history of the DC universe, that's another prestige format book out of DC. 
And it's also very incredible because it deals with a lot of minority and LGBTQ plus characters and their points of view of DC history. And it's not flattering because they use DC's actual publishing history to shape their, those characters histories. And it's, it's not flattering to DC um, in some ways. So James, I know that you have handled these prestige books before. Uh, Megan, have you seen any of these prestige format books before? Like held them, not in one in particular. I see Mallory has one. Have you held them? Uh, no. Uh, if I have, I don't remember. So they are higher quality build for materials, but I found the stories that DC is releasing this way to be just of a higher quality too. And a lot of that I think has to do with, they don't worry about canon. So what I wanted to ask you guys about now that I've informed everybody about this new book coming out, would you prefer these types of books made with higher quality paper, higher quality stories, but not released as often? Or would you prefer the regular frequent release comics that we get every week at the comic shop? So we're talking about the uh, prestige format. Yes. Basically, would you prefer the prestige format that maybe doesn't come out as regularly so we can get more of them? Or would you prefer regular standard issues that still come out at a regular pace? Okay. Well, the, the size that uh, the prestige formats are, they tend to be a little bit bulky and most every uh, comic collector, you know, has their long box and uh, bags and boards and everything. And there's really, it's just kind of awkward. You end up sort of having them other places and things like that. I like the, uh, the larger pages when I'm reading. I like the uh, being able to see like really great art on a scale that's like, you know, more than what you get in a, in a typical comic. And, uh, you know, as far as the black label stuff, I mean, that's about all I can, <laughs> I can manage with DC <laughs> whenever I read because of the convoluted backstories and such. But, uh, yeah, I mean, DC has a history of being at its best whenever they do standalone canon loose, uh, stories, whether it be, you know, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, uh, all of these types of things. That's my that's my preference. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I think, especially right now, DC's Black Label is the only... As someone who their first foray into regular issues was through DC, and for, you know, a decade, that's pretty much all I got. I didn't dip into other things too often. I The Black Label is about... is easily the best stuff they're putting out. It's the only thing that I can find myself regularly caring about. Oh, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. I know. I'm I'm muted. I, uh, oh, I see that uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were laughing at a joke you made, and I was like, no, you told a good joke. We no, can't I didn't you. tell a good joke. I, I mean, the joke is that I don't know how to be on a podcast. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, shut up. Let me finish a sentence. Actually, now there's too much pressure on it. Um, 
I I don't know if I'm the best person to give an opinion on this because I tend to read things in volumes rather than issues. So I, I definitely, I mean, I think I usually prefer quality over quantity, but I, again, there's not probably a whole lot I can add since I, I'm a volume reader. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you kind of answered the question right there. You prefer like quality, complete stories and shorter stories uh, rather than, you know, multi-year long uh, goings on. Well, I don't mind that. I just, I mean, a lot of what I read has been going on for a long time. It just is compiled. Okay. And see, like, so I think that's kind of the place that I'm at. Like, I definitely would, I think I would prefer, if I had to, if I had to choose between the two, I would uh, take the higher quality stories, even if they weren't coming out as often. Um, mm-hmm. Especially in terms of canon, I think canon has made a lot of people leave DC and Marvel for a lot of the independent books. But there are some things where, you know, as a Batman fan, I've never been lacking in Batman books. So if there's a bad Batman book, there's five other Batman books. Same with Spider-Man, X-Men. And, but there have been some books where I'm like, man, I wish they would just pump out more of this character. And I didn't care what was going on in the story. And a recent example was the Hawkman uh, series that took place after Death Metal um, and ended last year. It is an incredible story. It's, I don't think it even hits. Does it, James, did it hit 20 issues? I can't remember. It was canceled, though. Yeah, it was canceled. Now, they did get an ending, though. I was really happy that they knew what was going to happen ahead of time, and they got an ending. But, man, I would like more of him, more of Hawkman, and then more of the Justice Society. And there's some things like that that I'm so excited about. I just don't have the patience. So I would take whatever I could get. I, I'm stuck in between, but if I had to choose, I would definitely take the prestige format because it's just, oh, I, the stories are so good. Thinking about like quality, one thing I am concerned about, and I really want to know y'all's opinion because this has popped up this last week. Uh, Danny DeVito is writing a penguin story for Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant Number 1. Uh, which will mark the 80th anniversary of the creation of the Penguin. What do y'all think about Danny DeVito <laughs> writing a one a comic book, but also like a book that uh, a story that visually looks like he's taking cues from the Tim Burton Batman Returns character that he played. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, on. on- one hand, uh, I know Danny DeVito, the actor, and uh, he's a legend, you know. Uh, but uh, as a writer, I don't know. I mean, there have been that there's been a trend toward a lot of uh, actors sort of dipping the, their toe into the comic book world, you know. I mean, if if they are all doing it, I mean, why wouldn't an actor who has a history with the uh, with the character? Uh, you know, go right along with it. I mean, Keanu Reeves is doing Berserker, you know, and, and he has a connection to the character. Uh, he pretty much put himself in, in to the role. Yeah, so it's like his that, connection but, uh, is he he is the character. <laughs> yeah, no one knows him. It definitely is a good way to get people's attention and to sell 
I mean, I saw that and I was just like, oh, yeah, 100% I'm reading this because Danny yeah. DeVito. Well, and Dean DeVito, he's done, he's directed like a lot of very successful like movies, but I went looking for his writing credits and it's just on some short films that mm-hmm. I've never seen. Um, I'm sure, I, you know, I'm sure they're good. I don't know. But that seems to be his only writing credit. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things about who he is as a person out there. But being like a good person and even like a talented actor doesn't mean that you can write. Those are very different <laughs> skills. Um, but I think it's I think I think like you said, Meg, it's an attention grabbing thing because he's writing a character that he's played in the past. Yeah. Now, maybe not the, that same incarnation, but I think well, if there I, wasn't that. Con- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think if there wasn't that connection there, if it was just like Danny DeVito was writing this random comic, I would be less excited about it. Um, yeah. Danny DeVito's writing Firestorm. Yeah, I'd be like, Metamorpho. I mean, cool. <laughs> Why? My guess is that they're probably going to, uh, you know, give him a co-writer, kind of like they've uh, done with uh, Amelia Clark and Keanu Reeves. Uh I don't want to say those are the people that are really going to be writing it, but yeah. uh, you know they're going to be doing some of the grunt work, some of the heavy lifting for him. Well, it's the reason why on every Stephen King adaptation they have Stephen King's name on the title because, despite their minimal to not at all involvement, to you know maybe they have a heavy involvement, people went and see it. I mean, what was that uh, car movie that Stephen King actually made himself? Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> a terrible movie that he actually made, but people went and saw it because it's they're like, oh, Stephen King uh, movie. Oh, that's uh, weird. Lack of awareness. Yeah, it's... I, in a weird way, really like this movie, but in that yeah, like, that's I why know, I'm it's about a terrible it movie. Yeah. It, it's it's a bad movie, and he was on a lot of drugs from what I've read. <laughs> whenever he made it, like to the point that he doesn't remember making the movie. Oh, yeah, no. I have a weird spot, uh, soft spot for that movie. Yeah, the the villain being a truck with the Green Goblin on the front of it is like an interesting choice. Emilio Estevez being in it it's it's a strange. It's a it's like a a fever dream. Yes. Kind of movie. That's my sweet spot um, movies. So, you know. Might not be real. But who, but who knows? Dane DeVito, he's got a lot of, he's got some behind the screen stuff that he's done. Maybe he is fully writing it. We'll find out. Um, there's already a Batman 89 series that takes place after Batman Returns going on right now. Um, so that would be super cool if those end up connecting in some way. The, I don't know. The penguin survived, although he was pretty clearly dead at the end of Batman Returns. Spoiler alert! Yeah, for Batman Dang Returns. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I just I really wanted to get y'all's opinion on that. Um, man, I would love it if he just basically wrote a penguin story where the penguin acted like his character from It's Always Sunny. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. just like a filthy foul mouth. <laughs> like, Can that actually happen? Like, what, yes. if, what if he just was like, I'm going to write the dumbest <laughs> penguin story ever. Yes. Uh, 
We can I, wa- I don't even dream. I want it to be like actually Danny DeVito in the story. Like not actually <laughs> yeah. the penguin. Like it just is Danny DeVito. Yeah. Like he gets up in the morning, puts on a penguin outfit, yeah, yeah, yeah. goes to like sets he goes to, to direct <laughs> Matilda <Yes>. and <laughs> Yes, please. That'd be awesome. Um, so we'll see in November when that comes out. Again, it's gonna be in Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant number one. DC's been doing a lot of these giant issues and 100 issues um they're kind of hit and miss uh mostly miss for me to be real honest but this could be really really cool um now for the last piece of news about dc you know my third thing i was really excited meg you pointed this out to me too there is a book called dark knights of steel coming out And despite the title referring to Batman, the entirety of the DC universe is going to be reimagined as a fantasy world by Tom Taylor with art by Yasmin Putri. And Tom Taylor's known really well for Injustice, the Injustice series, if you've read any of that, or Deceased, which is basically DC's companion to Marvel Zombies in a way. But I thought it was. Yeah, I hate to say this. This is weird. I like Deceased more. I thought it had a silly premise, but he did some really cool character-motivated stuff with Deceased. I enjoyed everything I read from that. Um, So I've got faith that he can take DC Universe in this unique uh, direction. He even said that growing up, he read Superman and Dragonlance and like Lord of the Rings all around the same time. So he really wants to combine a lot of these classic fantasy ideas with these characters. And if you look at the art, I don't know. Do you get any of you guys clicked on the link to look at the art? James, I'm sure you've seen the preview art. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, yeah, I just saw the it's. It's really good. And one of the pictures was of Superman and he's got like stats, you know, classic uh, D&D stats around him. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a situation with like it was with, was it Marvel 1606 uh, where they, you know, the actual Captain America went back in time or anything, or if it's just going to be its own, just like fantasy reimagining of the DC universe. But the art looks really cool, the costumes, and they're even comparing it a little bit to Game of Thrones. But I'm thinking that that's just a that's just a buzzword at this point. If you're making anything fantasy oriented and you want to sell it, it's like, oh, it's like this is Game of Thrones, but with Batman. So we'll see how political maneuvering and ultraviolent it really is come the release So the thing I wanted to ask you about in relation to this, I think this looks really cool, especially if he can get a Lord of the Rings vibe off on this. So like, are there any other things you'd like to see reimagined in another format or style? I mean, seriously put any character in a fantasy setting and I'm probably going to read it. Um, But also I really like the idea of stories being in kind of a video game world. I always think that's really interesting. So I'd be down to see more of that. Like think Scott Pilgrim, but regular characters. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Oh my God. Store. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's do that. I remember there was a, uh, the DC animated universe had this, 
great time travel episode where the justice league for part of it goes back to the past and they meet, um, Jonah hex and it was green lantern, wonder woman and Batman in the old West. And I'm like, I would like to see like an old West or even like a, I know, you know, I know I haven't talked about it a lot, but I really like the movie, the mummy. I know you guys didn't know that. You've never heard me say that. Um, I, I love it. Uh Indiana Jones, like these classic adventures. So I think it would be cool to see lots of different characters have these sort of, um, classic styled adventures. In fact, um, one comparison, I, I know the new Avengers DLC dealing with Black Panther is coming out this week and some early previews were comparing it to like an uncharted type setting and style with like puzzles and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that, yes. okay. That's cool. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's such a cool idea. I want Arthurian shit. Stick people in there. I'm actually just a nerd. Yeah. That's you all just we're learning see, about Megan. Like, you want to see like Catholic mythology reimagined. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Can we do, can we put the Avengers, but as like Greek gods and goddesses? Oh, that'd be interesting. Can we please yeah. do that? <gasps> Somebody do that. It. Go pitch it to Marvel, but make sure you learn your buzzwords. Oh, it's like okay. the Game of it's Thrones like- meets the MCU connected universe. There's lots of titles here. <laughs> Oh God! So now for the next thing, this I, I want to do this oh. regularly. I'm going to move on. I want to do this thing regularly, where I, you know, on the internet, what people are angry about and controversy gets people to pay attention. And so I decided that I was going to ask you a question, and I'm going to call this controversy corner, where I want you to tell me about maybe the kinds of stories or books that you hate unreasonably. And they can be comic book or comic book adjacent type things. But what is something that, you know, that people genuinely generally seem to like that you are just like, no, no, thank you. I think that sucks. And I think anyone who likes it sucks. When I say the word hate, I mean, hate. What's something you hate unreasonably in terms of stories and books? Oh, what a fun topic. Oh, God. I think about this. Well, I could tell you that I really don't like uh, the kind of stories that uh, you guys were talking about with uh, with this D- medieval D- DC or whatever. Oh, yeah? What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't dig that stuff. I mean, it, 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 it's almost like, you know, they're like writing for the action figure or something. You know, it's like, what? how else can we sell this property? in a little bit of a different way with, uh, you know, different looks, um, different background, but you know, it not, not my, my thing. Um, you know, whenever you read a crossover and you've got a, Oh man, Cyclops has been taken over by a symbiote or something like that. You know, it's just like, okay, that happened. Uh, it just seems like it's just a stunt. You know, this is a judgment-free zone, but, <laughs> you know, I think Dark Knights of Steel is going to be cool. But at the same time, like, I totally see your point. Like, stunts meant to, like, sell toys or just that are, like, meaningless stunts meant to grab attention. Not unlike potentially Danny DeVito writing a Penguin mm-hmm. comic. Like, can sometimes be grating because... It's just unnecessary. It leads to nothing. And sometimes it can cause 
more problems. I, I feel you. And I know we feel differently about some other stuff too. I mean, I don't like crossover stuff. I don't mind people being in new and different worlds, but crossover, I'm not a huge fan of. What, what about crossovers? Like, I don't what? know. It just frustrates me. It's too, it is a little gimmicky. It doesn't make sense. It's a little unreasonable. Why would these, like, if it's people from two completely different worlds, why are they in the same place? You would have to give me a very, very good explanation before I would accept that as canon. So you, so you don't mean crossover like um, a Marvel or DC crossover where all the heroes get together. You mean like Ninja Turtles meets Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover. Yeah, it's crossover. the worst. Because they're different oh. universes. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. I don't like it. Unless the person who wrote it was like, ah, yes. And on the Daily News tonight, we watched uh, the Power Rangers take down some stuff. Oh, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they were cool. Also, I want to watch news that sounds like that, because that would be my favorite. I've never heard anyone use that logic to describe not liking stuff like that. That's so funny to me. Oh, okay. You're such a unique individual. Oh my Thanks. Gosh. That's why I'm on your <laughs> podcast. So, I'll say that I would trade... Please do not argue with me or fight with me. I know this is unreasonable. <laughs> I would trade the Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns to not have to deal with the fallout of edgelord nonsense that came to comics during the 80s and still infects comics today. Anything that like this sometimes like I just don't like this unnecessary or completely unrealistically grim dark thing like if i have to watch one more movie where batman frowns like a douchebag the whole time i'm gonna scream there are other adaptations and ideas and we need to see that i mean i'm sure i'm gonna go watch the batman with robert pattinson and i can appreciate and i granted notice i didn't say that i don't like the dark knight returns or watchmen they're incredible. Love them. But the influence that led to poor copycats, I feel like just infected in a way comics and stories in a way that I just don't like and prefer. And so I would trade those two. I, I think I like the idea of like silver age type adventures more than I like some of the stuff we see now. And that's, like some of the um, the uh, Batman sixty six type stuff. <laughs> no, we're not gonna now. That was just. The, the, I did grow up on that, and um, not during sixty six. I'm not as old as James. Um, I <laughs> rewatched the reruns years later, and you know, I do, I do like that and enjoy that. I guess I just, I don't mind hitting like real issues. But sometimes I just find the perpetually sad state of some heroes. And when I say perpetually sad, I mean like Batman is always sad or Wolverine is always angry or, you know, like they're just always in like a grim. These characters are always just in a grim mood perpetually and they don't seem to grow. And I don't like it. That's not my preferred style of story. I don't know. It's like Batman is... uh He's sort of just by nature 
by what he does, which is, you know, go and bust up people who are committing crimes and, you know, get considering his family background. I guess that just kind of lends itself to, to a, a darker version of the character. Uh, you know, whenever you look at, you know, something like Batman 66 or whatever, those were the, those, the, those were almost like deviations from, from, from the character that were temporary. Uh, you know, went before Neil Adams came to Batman. I mean, it was selling terribly and he really pulled the, uh, pulled it out of the gutter, him and Denny O'Neill by, you know, offering up a little bit more of a realistic uh, portrayal of Batman. And I mean, I guess, I mean, if I were writing Batman, I, I don't know how I could not write him like grim and gritty or whatever. I mean, I was, that's just, that's just my thought. And I think a lot of my opinion, you know, it's like, cause I kind of didn't like that about sometimes Grant Morrison's take on things, but I think that was one thing I've really enjoyed about Scott Snyder's version of Batman. He kind of sat in between. He could be like dark and have these like darker, more mature themes and ideas, but that didn't mean that he couldn't give a crap about others or try or smile sometimes or like, and also like the way he reframed some stories where they were closer again. And this goes back to my love of like Indiana Jones, the mummy more adventure type stories like zero year um, seemed kind of like this adventure story more than it sent like a grit, like grim detective noir um, and there's good. And there, I think there's definitely good stories where they go that way, but I just, so many people tried poorly to imitate it that it ruined it for me in some ways. And I found, I just found that frustrating, but you know, that's just me. If someone loves all that stuff, power to you this is controversy corner (laughs) we say things that we might not all necessarily agree with and that is okay ladies and gentlemen that is how you have a discussion about the things that you all hate that other people might love is there anything else y'all want to talk about that you don't like well on what you were saying i don't really i kind of feel you but i don't think i mind it if it's coming from a place of authenticity like if a character if a writer is writing the character genuinely and how they actually think this person would respond to a b and c then it doesn't bother me i like authenticity even if it's dark because i'm better than marcus and and for for batman he has really attracted auteurs i guess uh directors with vision to the character it's uh you know you, you look at tim burton and christopher nolan i get the sense that they're probably attracted to it because of you know that sort of weird dichotomy of uh, of a superhero who is you know fatally or not really fatally flawed but um but flawed uh and trying to do the best he can to to do the right thing through the prism of you know what's essentially a mental illness and that's really one of the more, I guess, enticing things about, about the character. You want to, to kind of see somebody who is, uh, 
you know, everything from an anti-hero to a, you know, loose cannon type or whatever, you know, you want to, to kind of delve into that. That are some of the things that we don't like that maybe you like. And if you that have other some controversial things, things <laughs> that, you just that are some of the things. <laughs> we are from. That, no. That's how we talk on her. Um, I love Arkansas. Just, yeah. Me sometimes. I, I uh, lo- I, <laughs> it's pretty. And Little Rock is nice. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're all good. It is pretty. So if you have any other things that you would like us to talk about that you think you want to know our controversial opinions on things, we'll gladly give them. You can go to our Facebook or Instagram account or Twitter. and Is it tweet at us? Man, I'm so socially inept when it comes to social media. Do they tweet at us? They tweet at they, us? They don't. They they. They they send yeah, us give a us tweet. A, send us a tweet on one of the, on that platform um, to let us take <laughs> slide into my DMs. Yeah, slide, oh, God. slide into please no, don't don't slide no slide sliding into James's DMs, but don't slide into ours. We, uh, nope. <laughs> you can slide into my DMs. <laughs> Anyways, gonna move on. So James doesn't say that again. It just feels I know I don't he like says it, it in it a weird dirty. way. I don't like it. Um, but ask us a controversial question that we can ask here on the podcast, and we'll give you credit. While also answering honestly, and I need honest from you, honesty from you guys. Don't pander to the audience. I don't pander. Don't. That's gross. So for the next bit of stuff today, Meg has a recommendation, but it's also not a recommendation, but it is. So there's no, from what I can tell, Megan's not here to just talk about one book, but she does want to recommend some stuff for everybody. So Meg, I'm going to let you take over from here. Hey, okay. So yeah, um, my rec is a little unusual. I I couldn't think of just one author or artist or uh, body of work that I wanted to talk about. So I went a little bit in a different direction and I want to talk about a very specific type of nonfiction graphic novel. So we're getting real specific here. I want to talk about graphics and memoirs on mental illness because I've been reading a lot recently and I've been thinking about how important these are and um, how I think they deserve a little more attention in the sequential art sector. So just a few that I've read recently and there's a, there's so much out there, but here's three that I've read not terribly long ago. One I actually read today. Um, so one is called Dear Scarlet by Teresa Wong. And that is a, um, a pretty short graphic memoir about her experience with postpartum depression. It was so good. And that's something I don't know a lot about because I've never had kids and nobody around me has really ever opened up about it before. So I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Another one is States of Mind, and this is by a father and daughter, Patrice and Emily Guyon. Oh, this is real uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. Just just say how how you think it sounds. You know, somebody told me that once in a class, and I thought that was great advice. But the confidence is a a hard part. Yeah, I don't think Megan's got the confidence for that, James. Yeah, it's fine. I let, I'll let the world tell me what it is. It's okay. You're doing great, though, besides that part. You're I doing meant great. to look Keep it going. up, and I didn't. Instead, I watched Netflix. Like a person Keep who's saying. never been on a podcast. You know, you're just like killing yourself with negative I self. know. Listen, I know. Sure. I've done the CBT. I'm bad at it. Let us continue. <laughs> <laughs> CBT. 
Um, I can identify what's happening and I will do nothing to change it. The end. <laughs> I'll I'll have to tell you more about CBT. Yeah, tell, I yeah I behind the scenes. Yes, stuff about tell it. me. I had like the cognitive behavioral triangle. Anyway, yeah. it's good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anywho, um, another one that I read. I actually read this pretty recently too. Um, it's called States of Mind, and it's by Patrice and Emily, and they're a father and daughter. Uh, Patrice and Emily Guyon, and they wrote this together. Patrice wrote this at the request of his daughter, um, and it's about her life and living with bipolar disorder. And a lot of it takes place before her uh, diagnosis, because I think that the diagnosis was a big step, obviously, in her life to kind of um, working to deal with everything and learn how to live with bipolar disorder. Um, and then another one is called Psychiatric Tales. And this is about Daryl Cunningham, the author's experience working with um, patients in a psychiatric care facility. And that's honestly more of a, it almost feels like more of a teaching tool and more of a, hey, you should be empathetic and here's why than an actual story, which some people weren't super happy about when I was reading the reviews, but I enjoyed it. Um, and And I just, there are so many more, but I just want to talk about why I think these are so important, not just these specifically, but um, this type of nonfiction in general. And the first is that, sorry if this sounds like a teaching moment, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, Marcus teaches we don't want to educate all the time. You. Yeah, we, yeah, we do educate. not want to educate people. No one came here to sorry learn. Sorry if this isn't the most entertaining. Yeah, learning is important. You should get your entertainment and your learning at oh, the no, same time here at the too. bf comics podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> marcus was a teacher to be fair so individuals who struggle with mental health often feel a lot of shame associated with what they're feeling i think that reading about people with similar experiences can help bring a lot of healing and clarity and can reduce some of that shame um, because you know that you're not alone in the struggle and that um, it is real and it's not just something that's it's not a made-up title to explain uh graphic novels have also been like a really vital part of my healing process over the years and anytime i've had something where i was questioning i mean anytime i've had questions about like mental illness or gender or sexuality um obviously i go to the internet and sometimes the internet takes me to graphic novels and i feel like that's always been a good place to learn about other graphic places and other, no it doesn't take me there i if if it does i click away <laughs> mom if you're listening yeah. <laughs> you're still yeah, here was, uh yeah when i was practicing i used to give out uh graphic novels to to kind of illustrate things to mm-hmm. clients and such it's a really good tool. I mean, sometimes people have to kind of digest something on their own and be able to, you know, apply that to their life. Some people are just better at reading stuff or, you know, whatever than a therapist, you know, just talking at them. So, yeah. I also feel like they're a great teaching tool not just for yourself but if there's anyone in your life who you want them to understand a little bit better what's going on i find a good graphic novel that you can really relate to and have them read it and 
if nothing else, it could start up a conversation. If you guys have any recommendations, I would love to hear them. Or if you guys would like any more recommendations on a specific topic, reach out and I would be happy to help you find one. I've read a lot on this topic. Marcus, you're muted. I appreciate that you're saying words. I'm sure they're great. Hello. <laughs> um, I think it'd be cool if, uh, yeah, we can talk about them regularly on here. But um, also, if you added to our blogs, like recommendations you had and the issues that they deal with, uh, just to give people recommendations for something like that. I think that's a really important thing to do. And I think it's an important thing that comics can do for people that people don't realize. And, you know, so I, everyone, I think, I think everyone is aware of someone in their life who could use an outlet or something to help them identify what's going on with themselves. Hashtag comics are for everyone. Hashtag VF comics. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You did a great job there. I'm proud of you. You're a, this has been a strange, strange (laughs) day for the podcast. Oh my God. Wait, real quick before we keep going earlier, Marcus. Okay. You're such a weirdo. Earlier you were laughing, but the picture was lagging. And so (laughs) it was, terrifying on my end it was just like it was like you were, straight face like i thought you were straight face laughing because your <laughs> lips your lips were kind of like but you were just like ha, 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 ha. and i was just like What's <laughs> oh no yeah it looked like that it was terrible and i was freaking out thank you so much for hanging out with us this week make sure to describe Oh my good lord, I can't even read my own words. I'm, I'm going to go to bed after this, y'all. Make sure to describe. Ashley's been gone all weekend, and mm. so I have been left to my own devices. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Make sure to subscribe so you can get news, recommendations, and information for all kinds of readers. Make sure to also check us out at vfcomicspodcast.com for more blog posts about each of us, education practices, and just cool stuff that we find. This is also a great place to leave us reviews. If you want to interact with us, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by checking the episode description on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you're listening right now. We are always looking for good banter and recommendations from all of our listeners. We will see you all next week. (laughs) 